Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall, the teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars, and that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal, soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scaries podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother, out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, last last weekend of uh, June here, one more month until sports are back? Hopefully, since we last talked, the MLB struck a deal for the 60-game season, so excited about that. We have NBA hopefully still happening in the end of July. So just trying to be positive and hope, you know, in a few weeks we have some 
professional sports back in the NHL too, which, you know, we're not, neither of us are NHL fans, but I think I'll definitely watch it. Yeah, why not? Um, I think we've been starved for sports this long. The NBA tweeted out their uh, schedule on Friday night, and it's just like, I mean, it's essentially March Madness. Every day there are games starting early afternoon and going through the evening. It's kind of every better's dream. If this, as knock on wood, knock on all the wood, that this thing happens, this looks amazing. Yeah, it, it will be incredible to have games all throughout the day after we've just had nothing for the last three months. And we did miss out on March Madness, unfortunately. But the way this is set up, at least for the end of the regular season, it's going to be that same style with games going all day. I know some games are only going to be nationally televised. The other games that aren't, I assume there'll still be some way to watch those because they're going to want as many people watching this. So hopefully you could find that. But yeah, I'm excited just to have that back in our lives and have something to uh, gamble on. Yeah, and I, I I imagine through the NBA app they'll they'll have to have it um, somewhere. Hopefully the people I mean the people that run the NBA do a better job of marketing than the PGA. That's been one of my early gripes there. Uh, like Thursday Friday of PGA tournaments for whatever reason it's not available until like two or three in the afternoon. Even though this the golf tournament's been going on all day, you'd think. You'd think that the PGA would just want to capture all the eyeballs they could and come back and just have their service for free. Instead, it was like it's like $60 a year. They gave me one free day, but it just let let us be the marketing guys here. We can we can get you all the eyeballs you want. Yeah, it's a good point. Just get people in when there's nothing else going on. People will watch, but yeah, I'm looking at the NBA schedule now. Thursday, July 30th is the retip off the end of the season. So we have Utah versus the Pelicans and then Lakers Clippers. So just crossing my fingers, we get to that day and everything is okay. And we get to watch NBA and get the Lakers back in our lives. It is kind of funny. This whole thing got shut down March 11th, Wednesday. Gobert was kind of patient zero in the NBA that set this thing ablaze. And he's going to be the first one back with the Jazz. (laughs) That's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, hopefully we're able to play. And there's the rumors about Gobert and Donovan Mitchell uh, having a falling out over that. So we'll see how that dynamic uh, works when they come back. Yeah, beefing and Zion. We'll see if Zion can sneak into the playoffs here. Um, yeah, I mean, just again, like you said, fingers crossed we get this thing. But uh, we had we had a great guest on today. Uh, we had Mark Salino. He's the CEO of Statement Games, a really innovative free-to-play uh, gaming app in in the kind of sports betting fantasy sports space um so we spoke to him about the idea he's been uh working with statement games for about three years now uh his own company so a little bit about entrepreneurship and his background and a really really fun talk so we'll kick it to the interview with him and then we'll do a little uh recap on episode two of double shot at love on the other side there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and props to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. 
Bet online, your online wagering experts. Okay, and Tyler and I are very excited to welcome on to Full Slate, Mark Salino, CEO of Statement Games. Mark, how you doing today? Doing all right, guys. How's it going, Cody? How's it going, Tyler? Good, good. Happy to have you, Mark. Um, so give us, give us and the listeners a little background about uh, Statement Games, how, how you thought of the idea, and ultimately how this thing's going a few years in. Yeah, sure. So uh, I appreciate you guys kind of you know, having me on. Um, great to kind of catch up with you guys. So, uh, I mean, basically, Statement Games, it, it's just a game. We got a little bit of a different twist on fantasy sports. Uh, the concept of Statement Games kind of originated over 25 years ago. My, my dad came up with the, uh, with the idea. So uh, full disclosure, I grew up here on Long Island. Um, and in my household, you were kind of like raised to do really just a handful of things. And those things included you rooted for the Yankees, the Giants, the Knicks, and the Rangers. And that, that, that was it. That was the only thing that we were kind of like allowed to do. So me and my brother really, you know, uh, <laughs> took this to the extreme. So uh, every single year, we used to get picked up from elementary school, and we used to take a trip up to the Boston area. I had an aunt and uncle that lived up there, uh, and that's where we went for Thanksgiving. So on Thanksgiving Day, my dad wanted to do nothing but watch you know, Thanksgiving Day football. But me and my brother, we didn't care. We wanted nothing to do with it because it wasn't the Giants. The Giants weren't playing. We didn't care that they were playing. So in an effort to kind of like, you know, really get us engaged with things that were other than the Yankees, the Giants, the Knicks, and the Rangers, he, he came up with this game. So on Thanksgiving morning, he physically would start pulling you over to the uh, in, into a corner of a room. He had a, a piece of paper and a pen, and he'd start asking you questions specific to the uh, Detroit Lions Thanksgiving Day game. It'd be like, all right, you know what? You know, I'm a little older now, so the first time that I was actually playing, the questions were like, Barry Sanders over under 100 yards rushing. I remember the first time that we played, the Lions were actually playing the Bears, and Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback of the Bears. So it was all right, Jim Harbaugh over under 250 yards passing. You'd go through this list of questions. Everyone, uh, myself, my brother, my mom, my aunts, my cousins were all Patriots fans and things like that would play away. We'd all throw in a buck. And now we were kind of like locked into, you know, for lack of better words, like a meaningless Detroit Lions football game on Thanksgiving Day. But we were watching it like it was the Super Bowl because we had a chance to win 13 or 14 bucks. Because basically the person with the most questions uh, that became correct at the end of that game, you know, won the pot. So uh, every single year we've been we've been playing this game. Um, I kind of like you know, left the corporate space in I'd say 2016 to really you know take up an opportunity in which I converted Dad's paper-based game into a into a digital kind of like you know, product. So Statement Games it's a, it's a little bit more of a digital version of that, but it's a free-to-play game. We create games around specific sporting events. For example, you know uh, Giants are playing the Bears. I'm going to present you with a list of props, or hence the company name statements, that are specific to that game. Uh, Daniel Jones, over under 275 yards passing. Bears will win by over under three and a half points. Bears defense, over under two and a half sacks for the game. You take a look at the list, and you're going to pick 10 of them. And you're going to rank those picks in, air, in, uh, in order of confidence from 10 through 1. So as that specific game plays out, if your number 10 pick becomes correct, you get 10 points. If nine through one are incorrect, well, now you just have a total of 10 points. You're going to play in a league of anywhere between eight to 12 people. The person with the most points from correct picks at the end of that specific sporting event wins. It's a free-to-play game. You're playing for what we call statement games, coins. Um, 
your objective as a member of the community is to compile as many of these coins as you possibly can. And when you're ready, you exchange them for a cash gift card of your choice. So we have a whole reward system. There's probably about 85 different retailers within that reward system. You know, Starbucks, uh, Macy's, Dunkin' Donuts, uh, NFL Shop, Under Armour, Nike, Google, um, Apple, Play Store. Just exchange your coins for uh, for a gift, you know, a cash gift card of of ready. So, so in a nutshell, hopefully uh, that gives you a better understanding of who we are, what we're doing, and how we're positioned in this place. We're just a we're just a game. We just got a little bit more of a of a different twist on fantasy sports. Yeah, that sounds like a fun uh, family Thanksgiving activity, Cody. We'll have to do that with our yeah. family. Uh, get get a little gambling going and kind of wet the beak uh, <laughs> next year. So you mentioned you left uh, the corporate world in 2016. What has been the biggest challenge in becoming an entrepreneur, starting your own startup company, and you know leaving the security of being at a big corporation to a startup? Oh man, that's a great question. I mean, there's there's so many different kind of like, you know challenges. Um, I guess the biggest challenge that in my field, like, you know, what I'm actually doing is you're working with technology. Uh, there's, there's never an easy path when you think something is going to work you know, perfectly. Um, you just have to kind of, like, you know, be prepared. Uh, there's always bugs. There's always kind of like, you know, challenges from a technical perspective that you have to you know, overcome, whether it's, hey, you know what, this button just doesn't work. Or maybe kind of like you know, the site kind of like, you know, breaks and you know, maybe some, you know, uh, of the games that you're playing just don't get graded in the time that you're kind of like looking to get graded here. So it's a constant evolution process of uh, of overcoming like those hurdles. And uh, and yeah, I mean, some of the other bigger challenges that you kind of like, you know, face is uh, kind of, you know, uh, working with good people, um, kind of like, you know, finding the right talent who believe in you and believe in your product. And presenting them with uh, kind of like you know an opportunity that that's that's worth their while as well because you're a startup. It's not like you know you could uh, you know afford to pay people you know six figure salaries or anything like that. You gotta you gotta get creative with your compensation package, but you also gotta make sure that the people that you're working with have a little bit more of an entrepreneurial spirit. Cool. And what Mark, what were you doing before you started Statement Games? Was it anything related to the fantasy world? I know we've spoken previously. I think it was more in the yeah. marketing realm, right? It was more kind of like in the marketing realm. In a, in a way, yes. In other ways, kind of like, you know, no. Um, so I, I worked for a, for a company that facilitated a technology that connected uh, application developers, app stores, and telco companies. So if you ever kind of like, you know, had to buy Madden football through the Google Play Store and have a $0.99 cents or a $1.99 charge placed on your phone, um, it was my company that facilitated that technology. Or maybe you're playing Candy Crush and uh, you got to level seven, but you can't get to level eight. Maybe you want to buy a bucket full of magic swords to kill the monster to advance to like the next level. So the, a lot of those in-app transactions were taking place. So in my corporate days, I learned a lot on you know how products were built from a digital perspective, how they were pushed and deployed into app stores, and what some of those uh, I guess uh, I guess features looked like on how the developers monetize on those stores, and how the uh, app stores as well as the telco companies monetize on the back end as well. So I learned a lot in kind of like, you know going through that process, and uh, I've always had Dad's concept in the back of my mind. And I said, hey, you know what? This is this is a digital product. This, this is a game. This is something that can kind of be transitioned into an app as well as a, a website. Um, and, and that's, you know, really how I put the moving pieces uh, together. So 
Yeah, uh, that's you know where the background came from. It's accessible. It's, it's statementgames.com. It works on your laptop, desktop, uh, mobile devices by just typing in www.statementgames on your mobile device or any type of device that has the ability to connect to the internet. But then there's also apps that complement our web-based product as well. So we can also be found in the uh, Google Play as well as the uh, Apple App Store. You mentioned, you mentioned kind of the community that you have in trying to earn the most coins to win prizes. Uh, you have the leaderboard on your website. What has been the strategy for Statement Games to acquire users to the platform? Because as we all know, there's a lot of fantasy products out there. Obviously, DraftKings, FanDuel, which are different, but all kind of in the same realm. What's been Statement Games kind of strategy in acquiring users to this new style of gaming? Currently looking at it. <laughs> Jumping on podcasts. <laughs> basically roping people into giving me an opportunity to tell my story a little bit here so that that's uh that's one way that we go ahead about and doing it um one the biggest strategy in terms of acquisition and growth for us is, is one well you know as a starting point here we're going to provide people with an easy seamless you know good end user experience in terms of how they get into the platform um and and, and play and compete on these games here and then you know there's other kind of like you know things that we you know hope to see uh, happens once we've delivered that positive experience. We feel that every single user who comes into our platform is a potential influencer, and uh, we, we just kind of like you know deploy certain mechanisms within the uh, the platform in which they can actually refer and uh, you know share their experiences with with friends by, for example, creating private games like you just had mentioned. Hey, you know, coming up on Thanksgiving, this is something that you want to go ahead and play with my family. Well, in a way, in the back of my mind here, well, this is kind of like a cheap way for me to pick up eight or nine new users. Because uh, right in the back of your mind, you think of a specific event that you're going to be uh, playing or you're going to be, you know, uh, well, I guess who knows with COVID and all that stuff that takes place in Thanksgiving, the kind of households. But you just kind of like, you know, hit the nail right on the head here. You saw an opportunity in where I'm going to be gathered with people and here's an opportunity for me to add value to Thanksgiving Day or the Super Bowl party or whatever it is by introducing kind of like, you know, this game. So at a high level, that's been like the acquisition strategy. Other kind of like, you know, other core points around that have been working with influencers directly. Let me just go ahead and, you know, work with uh, an influencer by, I don't know, maybe buying a football jersey and, and, and giving people an opportunity to win that by social media or, or getting that word out through social media. Now, uh, you might have to take certain actions such as, you know, liking and following the tweet and things like that. But ultimately, we have a team on the back end that will start messaging these people directly, letting them know that, hey, you know what, to win this prize, this is not necessarily a luck contest, it's a skill game. Here's a game that you can actually play in. Uh, you control your own destiny. And, uh, you know, let, let the best kind of like, you know, person kind of like, you know, win those different fan engagement services and things like that. So there's a lot of, you know, growth hacking and strategic things like that um, is what we're deploying today that helps us to um, grow our membership and market share. Yeah, you you mentioned it a little bit there, Mark, um, about kind of come Thanksgiving time, who knows where we'll be at with COVID and Corona and all this stuff. And I don't think any of us are in a seat to prognosticate. We have no idea. Um, but what is what is your been your guys' focus the past few months here, given no real live sports? We've just finally starting to get UFC PGA back. Um, but could you tell us a little bit about what what's been your focus during this time? Yeah, so the focus is, uh, you know, one bit, hey, you know what, even though that the mainstream stuff in the form of, you know, football, basketball, hockey, and baseball um, haven't been available, 
and yeah, we missed out on a pretty, you know, peak season. Uh, when you're considering you have uh, um, hockey, basketball playoffs, as well as opening day, kind of, like, you know, all intertwining in, in, into, you know, a, a couple of, you know, action-packed kind of, you know, weeks. But uh, we've had to get creative on the different types of games that we're actually running. Uh, throughout this whole process, there's been a lot of consistency from a wrestling perspective. So uh, we, we run a lot of wrestling tournaments from a WWE and an AEW perspective. Uh, we've also had to get creative on the types of you know different games that we can kind of like, you know, come up with. Like, for example, we came up with a NFL draft tournament uh, that gave us the ability to run for you know three or four weeks. So instead of kind of like, you know, uh, different, you know, player positions and things like that, think of it as a fact that, okay, you know what, over or under three and a half people from Alabama being taken in the first round, uh, top 10 picks, uh, over or under, you know, two quarterbacks kind of like taken in, in the top 10, things like that and getting creative with those types of games is something that we've uh, done a good job in, in Purdue to make sure that there's what's called inventory or games for the uh, community to engage with and go ahead and play. Um, but yeah, and then we've also, you know, restructured the backend technology as well as the, the interface to accommodate for golf. So we've been running for, for golf for like, you know, a couple weeks and, uh, you know, between that and some of the other, you know, pay-per-view events that have been taking place from a UFC perspective, we've been able to deploy a, you know, a, a healthy number of games and in inventory to at least keep people, you know, interested and engaged with the platform on a daily basis. Yeah. Compared to you know, an NFL game or NBA game prior to the shutdown, are you seeing the same kind of user interaction? Are people excited about, I saw a post about horse racing, there's esports tournaments oh, going yeah. on. Are, are, you seeing, yeah. are you seeing similar <laughs> type of uh, fan engagement or user engagement? Uh, we, we definitely took we took a hit probably when everything kind of you know, shut down because you were in the, the thick of, you know, basketball and, and hockey season. But since we took that big hit, we've been kind of like you know, increasing, you know, uh, you know, traffic as well as tournaments plays through the, the ability to get creative on the games that we've created. As you mentioned here, we're also kind of uh, not only running or creating esports games around NBA, specifically NBA 2K basketball games. We're actually streaming those games live on the Statement Against platform as well. So you're looking at opportunities and where we've built out scenarios and where people are joining contests and making picks around a, let's face it, fake basketball game. They're watching that basketball game on the statement games platform. And then through the, uh, I guess, watching of that game, there's also chat features and functionality that gives people an opportunity to banter back and forth on fake basketball players performing in the course of that game. So that's kind of like, you know, been in addition to, you know, getting creative with the games that we've kind of like, you know, created, it's uh, incorporating more of the chat features or social components into the platform that keep people uh, on the platform and, and watching things. And uh, it's been great because it's not like there's a tremendous amount of sports that's on live TV, kind of like, you know, anyway. So mm-hmm. that's a, a big part of our focus right now. We think it's going to continue to be. I just don't believe that sports will come back in 2020 and, and possibly into 2021 with fans in attendance or at the very least 25% kind of like, you know, capacities. So it's important for us to, you know, how do we kind of like, you know, take that tailgating or that experience of people going to a bowl game or a hockey game or something like that and making it a little bit more, you know, digital. So it's those types of like, you know, strategies that we're focused on as a, as a business. 
Cool. I, I think that that is a pretty unique story and creative just to be able to even during this time period, be able to stream those games. But even going forward, if there is a similar similar lull and you guys just need to get something up, it's good to have that right in your back pocket. Like, oh, we could just run NBA 2K stream or <laughs> Madden. Like, yeah, you, know, yeah. You, you never know. Right. Um, but it seems like so come July. On paper right now, it looks like we're going to have a ton of stuff back. So how are you guys going to kind of prioritize the NBA, MLB, potentially NHL, all going full steam ahead um, in about a month's time? Yeah, so, um, I mean, yeah, we're going to have to expect to re-beef up some of the um, operational staff to, to help us out here. We're, we're you know looking at an opportunity in where uh, UFC, wrestling, golf, Major League Baseball, uh, hockey playoffs, and NBA playoffs, you know, all kind of like, you know, going on at the, mm-hmm. uh, at the same time. So you're looking at scenarios in where people didn't have much to do, but, but now you're kind of like, you know, fighting for, you know, eyeballs and uh, getting back up because some of the bigger guys are going to be, you know, back up and running as well with their mainstream stuff over here. But we've definitely carved out enough of a niche and where uh, I'm expecting that that traffic and traction to, to continue to maintain. And, yeah, I mean, the more content that we can put out, the more games that we can actually publish just naturally helps us acquire more market share and kind of, like, you know, grow the company, you know, that way. So even just kind of, like, you know, jumping back into the e-sports perspective. Uh, now, look, a lot's taken place since, you know, November, December of, like, you know, last year to, like, you know, now. But I'm seeing some of these e-sports uh, e- tournaments have as much traction as I did with NFL games. So uh, I think it's a combination of the company and uh, our platform growing and people being starved for something to kind of like, you know, do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully we get all those sports back in July and could just have like an overflow of stuff after a few months (laughs) off. What is kind of... What's kind of your vision for developing the product and the company over the next 12 months, even five years down the line? Like, where do you hope... That statement games keeps uh, continuing to develop. Wow, you just you just hit mark with the where do you see yourself in three to five years? But <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Look, I, I see the pro- like the vision for the product or where I want to you know get to, and then I'll, I'll I'll start with the like, let's call it three to five year range first, and then I'll scale it kind of like you know back into the next you know six to 12, 12 months here. Um, <laughs> I envision building out a, a, a product uh, that gives people an opportunity to watch broadcasts, uh, make picks around those broadcasts, um, and then interact with one another while all that stuff is kind of like, you know, going on through kind of like, you know, a single single interface. So if you kind of like, you know, envision, okay, you know what, well, how, how do I, you know, play fantasy sports or how would we want to like define it how can i actually bounce some ideas back and forth with uh, other people within a community that are in a similar space with me and uh, you know maybe it's not necessarily watching the football game on you know uh, nbc or, or whatever it is but some aspect of a let's call it influencer or a commentator or a sports broadcaster that's kind of like you know providing you with content and insight of a game as it's actually going ahead and playing out so uh, make a long story short here, uh, five years from now, I want to stream the Super Bowl from the Stanley Games platform and have people playing games and, you know, making kind of like, you know, you know picks kind of like, you know, around it. Or, you know, uh, from a Thanksgiving Day perspective, this is what we did kind of like within my family, sitting down, 
pulling up kind of like, you know, phone and having the ability to make picks, interact with family members and, you know, banter back and forth with one another as the game plays out and kind of like, you know, have something kind of like on, on the line for it. Uh, what I'm kind of like going to look and do in the next, I'd say, six to 12 months is obviously continue to grow the base. But there's some other, you know, uh, let's, let's call it artificial intelligence features that I want to bake into the platform that makes the automation of the games that we publish on the platform and the scoring of the platform that much more, you know, seamless and uh, and, and easier for the uh, user to um, digest, engage with, and, and play. Cool. Uh, good. good response. I think you passed the interview. Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did I get the yeah. job? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're hired. Yeah, it was, it was a good inter, uh, good uh, answer. So I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can expect to hear back from us soon, Mark. Um, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, so uh, I noticed when I was prepping for the interview. So you have like a three-minute YouTube clip on the internet with Kevin Harrington uh, from Shark Tank who I think is one of your advisors. Uh, so I was curious to uh, get the backstory there. And how'd you get connected with him, one, and have you met other sharks from Shark Tank? I haven't met any sharks with Shark Tank. The uh, the, the story with uh, with Harrington is, uh, I, I guess it's a little bit of luck. Um, but, um, hey, look, you know what? When you start out as an entrepreneur, you meet all sorts of kind of like, you know, people. And for lack of better words here, I would say that 90% of them are full of shit. That's mm-hmm. just kind of like my opinion. There's a lot of people who promise you the moon and, hey, for whatever reason is they get busy or just not a tough money. They just kind of like, you know, fall off. So I came across one individual who said, hey, look, you know what? There's a small business expo taking place in New York City. Um, it's... Uh, it's, it's something that kind of like, you know, takes place every single year. But I want you to come to the event because when you're there, uh, I'd like to introduce you to Kevin Harrington. And Kevin, taking a step back here, I thought the guy was completely nuts. I thought he was full of crap. Mm-hmm. So he said, listen, he's like, when you meet him, understand this. He's very busy and, um, you know, he's uh, obviously, you know, being pulled in a variety of different directions. So just have like a two-minute or a three-minute kind of like, you know, pitch ready and, and, and pitch him and see what he thinks. Then this is actually probably like a year before state making was even, was ever even kind of like, you know, live or anything like that. So, uh, I went, I met him kind of like, you know, great guy, very like, you know, friendly, you know, outgoing. You can kind of like, you know, tell he was being pulled in a variety of different, different directions. Uh, gave him kind of like, you know, my three minute pitch. And, and that was pretty much, that was pretty much like, you know, it didn't think anything was going to come out of it. About a month later, um, I get an email from, his assistant or one of his assistants, I'm assuming he's probably got like, you know, multiple. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, listen, he's like, uh, you know, Kevin is going to be back in the Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg area. That, that's, that's where he lives. He's like, if, uh, if you had an opportunity to fly down and kind of like, you know, meet him and, and spend like, you know, an hour or two with him, you know, reviewing, you know, your business model and things like that, he's interested in the concept. Would you be interested? So I said, you know, to heck with it. So, uh, I flew down, and I believe that video was cut in September of 17. Um, we, I thought it was going to be like a like a hour, hour and a half kind of like in a meeting. I wound up taking place. It started like at nine o'clock. It didn't probably end till like about two o'clock in the afternoon. We went through every uh-huh. single page of my business plan, um, every little you know detail of who who I was, what my background was, what I was actually looking to accomplish. And uh, he said, "Hey, you know what? You know." Um, I'd like to kind of like, you know, see you launch the product, get off the ground and things like that. And maybe, you know, it, it, it advise you, you know, a little bit like along the way. I mean, it's not like he's going to be, 
you know, call, or I'm going to have the ability to call him like every 15 minutes or anything like that. But uh, we wound up cutting that video like that same day. And uh, I have the ability to position him as an advisory board member of statement games. And, uh, you know, uh, I send him kind of like, you know, the, the company notes on a quarterly basis. If something's kind of like, you know, pressing or anything like that, I have the ability just to, you know, bounce a couple of ideas off of him or his assistant. And uh, that's how we interact and work. Cool. Until this day. That's a good story. <laughs> Sorry, my uh, roommate just walked by. We're moving this week, so <laughs> trying to get stuff. Uh, it's, it's chaos. It's chaos. Yes. But yeah, it's great to have someone with that type of experience and obviously who's on Shark Tank. Have you thought about going on Shark Tank and pitching this idea and raising more capital? Yeah, which which shark would you go for? If if the opportunity was there, I mean, uh, you know, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know what? I, to be honest with you, I haven't really kind of, like, kind of thought about kind of like, you know, taking that next step as 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 from a Shark Tank perspective. But as an entrepreneur, and you're kind of like you know constantly you know interacting with investors, angel investors, seed investors, and things like that. And in our own way here, we're we're in Shark Tank every single day. It might not necessarily be kind of like you know, on the show, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, that type of scenario or environment where you have a limited a limited number of minutes to express an idea or a concept uh all in effort to see if somebody would be interested in you know getting a little bit more involved with the company is, is something that you know we're we're doing daily so actually getting back to your initial question where do i envision the company in, in, in six to 12 months uh, i want to be on that process i you know don't want to you know continue spending the next six months looking for the right investment partners and things like that i, I want to have that checkbox already marked and be in a position where I can solely focus on the uh, business plan and executing the plan that we had set forth. Cool. Well, hopefully we have some uh, potential investors, venture capitalists listening to our pod. Um, can't can't guarantee anything, but you never know. <laughs> you do these things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so you mentioned your Giants, Yankees, Knicks, Rangers fan. You're wearing the Yankees hat now. We have baseball coming back, hopefully in a couple weeks here. What's your thought on this shortened 60-game sprint of a season that we're about to get? Honestly, I mean, my position is this. Um, there's a lot of crazy stuff that's going on like, you know, right now. I, I know that there's a plan in place, and I can pretty much like say the same thing for the N- NBA and, um, and the NHL. I'll believe it when I see it. When there's a game that actually takes place on a field, I will feel like kind of like you know, sports is back. So we're preparing for it. We're kind of like, you know, ready for it. I still think there's a couple of things that the country needs to see in order for these things to kind of like, you know, come back. Um, I, I, it's a very, you know, crazy, interesting time that we, we were looking here. So uh, from an LMLB perspective, great that they agreed on a deal. Um, great that, Hey, you know what, for two months here, you have an opportunity to like, you know, watch baseball. Uh, but I think there's a lot that can actually happen between the time that they report to camp and the time that they actually report to Florida for the. Well, I'm not even sure where these games are going to be played. Is it, is it going to Florida? Is it regional? It's, it's, yeah, it's going to be regional. So, for instance, the Yankees will have 10 games against the other AL East teams and five games against the NL East teams. So, it's like that's essentially how every team is uh, going to do it. Is, is it in Florida home, in the spring training facilities? Home, or? home stadiums. Home stadiums in front of no fans. Yeah, yeah. So minimize air travel, things like that. But yeah, there's no, there's no concept of the bubble for for baseball. 
I think it's something that everyone's going to have to, I don't think this is going away. So I think it's something that um, we're going to have to get used to. Um, I mean, it's going to be a shame. And, you know, everyone talks about it, but what happens if LeBron or Giannis yeah. or something like that gets COVID? I mean, what, what do you do? Yeah, I think I think the Bucks are the most ex. If you think about one team that if they lose one player, they're done. That's like a favorite. It's got to be the Bucks, right? <laughs> right. So if you start just betting uh, Eastern Conference uh, underdogs, I, I I think it's something you're gonna have to take into consideration if you're making picks, whether it be on my platform or oh, yeah. anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at. Uh, you guys, as you mentioned before, have the MLB over under wins uh, tournament. And I opened it and I saw the first one was Diamondbacks over under 31 games. I was like, 31? Why is that so low? <laughs> it took me like a second to remember. Is the uh, 60 game season? Think about so it's let's a game over 500. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's live in let's live in the positivity world where they're able to play. Nothing bad happens. The uh, what are your thoughts on the Yankees? Uh, I see the over under you have here is 37 and a half games. Can they can they get over the hump and win? you know, an abbreviated season. I know the Yankees haven't won in a while. So what are, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of like no expected. Um, I mean, that's what the kind of the team is doing. There's no reason as to, to why they, they, they can't do it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm biasly going to say that uh, there's no reason as to why they, they, they can't, you know, do it. Um, but that division that they're playing in is, is pretty tough. Uh, so if you kind of you know, compare, you know, that to say like the uh, the Central Division, where you kind of you kind of have like the White Sox and the Tigers and those kind of kind of type of teams here, it's almost like you know night and day. I mean, you got the Mets, the Yankees, the the Red Sox, the Phillies, uh, Tampa Bay is you know good. The uh, exactly the, the, the Nationals. Um, I mean, that's some pretty kind of, kind of tough competition. So I do think that the Yankees would actually go over. I don't think it's going to be by a lot though. I mean, I, I don't see. It being kind of like you know a, a forty-eight and you know eighteen kind of like, you know season you know for them and things like that. From an overall, there's kind of like projections here. I, I mean, take a look at teams like the Chicago White Sox. Somebody that's kind of like you know you know young and they might actually be you know uh, naive enough to to think that they're you know good. <laughs> so if they kind of like, you know, get hot and off to like you know a, a tough spot, a, a, a hot start. Uh, by going like you know ten and two in the first twelve games and things like that in the division that they're actually playing in, you can actually have you know teams like like that you know find their way into the playoffs. So as mm-hmm. much as I like the Yankees here, I would definitely take a flyer on, on a team like the Chicago White Sox from an over under win total perspective. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the right talent, young, young team. Um, mm-hmm. And look, think about it. I mean, you're you're kind of like you know starting the well, you are starting, but uh. It's two months, so it's uh, August and September, and, and and that's it. You get through that, you know, first kind of, you know, twelve games, ten and two, or something like that. That's a fifth of the season. That's that's gone. Yeah, uh, that's like last year. The Mariners got off to that hot start, and then they yeah. they totally tanked after that. Uh, Tyler and I are San Francisco Giants fans. They're the best team in baseball the month of July. Like weird weird things can happen in baseball, yeah. especially especially. Right, especially in a shortened season, like besides say the Orioles and Tigers, like I'd say they're a pretty sure bet not to be in this thing. Like, 
I don't know. It could be uh, could be anyone's season, so maybe some value there in uh, some of the long shots. Um, but yeah, Mark, this is this has been great. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate your time uh, and you telling us a bit about Statement Games. Where can our listeners find Statement Games? Uh, keep up with you guys on social media. Go ahead and uh, give all your plugs here. Yeah, sure. All right. So uh, fun <laughs> stuff. Okay. So uh, from a social media perspective, I mean, any major social media account, whether it be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's just at Statement Games. Uh, Statement Games is all one word. Um, you can actually find us and interact with us on. Uh, from that perspective here, the website itself is www.statementgames.com. Um, and then there's also, you know, apps that complement the web-based product. I'll make you and the audience uh, a deal, anybody who's listening to uh, to this podcast. As you pointed out here, we have two games that are running right now. One is an MLB, and the other one is a NFL over-unders win total tournament. Anybody who's listening to this show is uh, who is willing to check out the product and play in these free-to-play games here. Of course, you can compete for coins which can be exchanged for rewards. But if anybody is able to go 10 for 10 with their picks in either one of those contests, in addition to the coins that you'll win, which can be exchanged for rewards, I will personally mail you a check for 500 bucks. Wow. wow. All right. All right. I think this is how I grow the audience. This is how I grow yeah. the base. Yeah. <laughs> I think but I they think Mark... following you guys and they have to kind of like, you know, have some interaction with you yeah. by yeah. commenting on the social media channels that you guys use to promote this, uh, this episode mm-hmm. that, Hey, you know what? You know, they're in for the 500. Um, yep. we'll, we'll be able to figure out our end who you are. And of course, you know, uh, it's marketing at statementgames.com. If you want to drop us an email, that's the best way to get uh, in direct contact with us, but we're pretty active on social media. So if, uh, if you comment or DM us directly, uh, we're fairly accessible. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, we will tweet out the instructions uh, how to enter that $500 contest. But thanks again, Mark, and uh, be well. All right, guys. Stay safe. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thanks again for Mark for joining. It was a really fun interview. And make sure to check out Statement Games and sign up for the NFL and MLB win over tournaments I got going on. And a chance of winning $500. I mean, going 10 for 10, 10, 10 team parlays usually work. So it should be pretty easy. Yeah. I have a pretty good track record with three or four teamers. So I'm sure, I'm sure 10 team will be no sweat. I know I was talking to my friends last night, just hoping, you know, we get a football season, NFL, hopefully college football as well. And just talking about whoever thinks of the vaccine, just be like, I need this. Whoever could find us a way to, uh, be sweating out our the third leg of three team parlays on Sunday. We need that guy uh, working on a vaccine 24 seven to give us that opportunity. He he needs to know what's at risk here. He, he knows. Yeah, hopefully. But let's do a recap of this past week's double shot at love episode. Um, as you mentioned last week, it was actually my birthday this past Tuesday, and you were nice enough to get me a cameo of Darren from Double Shot at Love. So that was really nice of you. So thank you for that. Um, so this past week, Darren got a little more into the episode. I feel like she still hasn't done much this season compared to last year. Her and B Lashes jumped into the pool their first day of work, still wearing their work attire right after their shift ended. Um, a bonehead move. Two of our favorite girls on the show, but a bonehead move. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, for someone like Darren who said how much she wants to maybe own her own club someday, she wants to be in the biz, a little bit of a bold move day one to, to jump in the pool when you're on the job. It's tough for her. I think B-Lash is maybe a little bit of a bad influence there. Um, but we'll see. I'm sure they both listen to the podcast, Love Thoughts. Um, other other thoughts, highlights, Pool Party Poppy continues to assert himself um as as a top dog for me this this season he comes to work they have a long night out at the club they get uh basically the heads up at like two in the morning like hey a group of you guys are gonna have to be here at 10 a.m he's one of them and he's just high energy guy in the morning he's like i don't want to work construction forever i have the opportunity to potentially get like a real job out of this and i think he's the early leader in the clubhouse in terms of the one that's gonna get um they get a full-time offer at the end of this thing. I liked his energy. I thought he vibed well with uh, the the boss. I forget his name from Dre's. Um, doesn't really matter. Um, but pool party poppy. I think I think he's the energy uh, we need on this show. Um, the big drama, Tyler from Dustin, this episode. Dustin, that's his name. Dustin. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Polly D's boss. Could you disrespect Polly D in front of his boss like that? Um, yeah, I think I think I mean the the focal point of this episode. Marissa calls her mom and tells her about uh, hooking up with Brandon. What did you think about that whole thing, Tyler? Just as everyone else is in the room listening, including Brandon. It's it's, it's a bizarre move to uh, call your mom right after something like that happens. Uh, I guess that's just the relationship she has with her mom. So. I guess that's her thing, but yeah, calling calling her in front of everyone. Um, again, an interesting move. Brandon sitting right there. Um, <laughs> we were talking about it before. Brandon, that's the whole drama of the show right now. Brandon, he he broke the rule. He fell in love at the Jersey Shore, but in Vegas. Um, he hooked up with one of the housemates, and there's going to be drama with that. We, we've seen it throughout the years of the Jersey Shore with Sam and Ronnie, Vinny and Angelina, Vinny and Snooki. Um, so we know what happens there. So he, he initially said he wanted to be casual, and she agreed, which I is totally fine. But then he made a comment like how much he was vibing with her and how he would marry her. You just can't say that to someone, hook up with them, and then the next day be flirting with other girls and another girl in the house, uh, Maria, <laughs> yeah. right in front of her. You just know bad mm. things are going to happen. And my favorite part of the whole drama was they were coming back from the club the first night he was kind of acting out. It's him, Antonio, and Nikki walking ahead. And then the girls, you could see them in the background, like, yelling about him. It's a really funny scene. And Susie, Susie was out for blood. Yeah, boozy Susie was was ready to uh, make heads roll. Um, yeah, I this episode two, uh, Vinny and Polly were kind of phased out. Polly was on the road. Vinny a little bit in the background. I think... I think next week they're going to come back into the fold with uh, their exes, Maria and Nikki. I feel like it's it's time we're ready for that. But again, two episodes in, I'm, I'm very much enjoying three. Uh, sorry, three. Very much enjoying um, this whole little like Jersey Shore dynamic here and then actual like love interest going on uh, on the other side. Yeah, it's a good setup. So. We definitely need Polly and Vinny back in it to start drumming up some drama with Maria and Nikki. Because I feel like Nikki, she's had a like minor crazy outburst, but we, we need crazy uh, season one Nikki really back in it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, 
But I will say this, Brandon plus the two Staten Island bros have have legs. They have been able to carry a few a few episodes here. Um, I think they're just going to continue from from the early uh, basically preview of the rest of the season. It seemed like they only continue to get into it with each other. Um, someone gets shoved in a in a fountain at some point. So personally, I can't wait for that. Yeah, it'll be great. And they tried pulling off the move where they just wanted a boys' night, and they. They lied about what club they're going to, and the girls overheard them, and they showed up, and it was just drama. I mean, not not the smartest crew, but I love it. And Nikki and Susie, I'm just I'm crossing my fingers those two make it work. It, they they like kind of vibe, but then it gets awkward. So I'm hoping those two uh, find love. I mean, that was big for Nikki. We he was kind of getting friend zoned a little bit as he was trying to make his move on Susie until Susie saw him with other girls at the club. So. For Nikki, it worked. Brandon, it absolutely backfired, but Nikki was Marty Mush was able to make it work. <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited for it, but I think that's all we got for this week's episode, and we'll be back uh, next week. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.